Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This week's episode of Real News Podcast is brought to you by Green Man Gaming. Green Man Gaming is a global e-commerce technology company in the video game industry and the first choice for millions of passionate gamers around the world like you and myself. So head on over to www.realnewspodcast.com forward slash affiliates and click on that Green Man Gaming banner to start saving today. Welcome one, welcome all to Real News Podcast. This week, Carrington dives into the world of Wargroove, a game by Chucklefish. After that, we go into a little bit of gaming news, discuss some of the stuff that was brought out at uh, Nintendo Direct last week, and then we go into our off-topic, which this week is exciting. The announcement of Tetris 99 gets us all excited and allows us to discuss what we think future battle royales will be. Not the typical shooters anymore. It's a whole new ball field and a whole bunch of games that deserve a hundred man battle royale. So sit back and chill out and relax and enjoy this episode of Real News Podcast with special guest Jordan Ty Curry. Hello. And welcome to Real Dudes Podcast, the greatest indie gaming podcast that you guys have ever heard of, the greatest uh, podcast of your generation, the greatest podcast of um, the world. My name is Kyle, and with me, uh, we've got quite a, quite a few good people uh, sitting around this imaginary table with us. Uh, for one, we've got Carrington. Hey, hey, hey. For two, we've got Donovan. What up? For three, we've got Andrew. Ahoy. And for four, we've got Mr. Jordan Ty Curry himself. Yo, that was some pretty high praise for your own podcast, my dude. Uh, Although it is, appro- it is appropriate. I'm not trying to shame you or anything. Yes, yes. And... For four, Carrington somehow yes. teleported Jordan in here. I'm sure he can teleport Jordan out of here. Oh, for sure. <laughs> At any moment. So if you are messing up at any point, you are out of here. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, I better uh, keep it clean this, this evening. Yes. Because <laughs> I right, completely I forgot what we talked about two minutes ago. Yes, and... yes, we did. <laughs> I must anyway. have missed the memo. Yes. Uh, so we've got a stack show for you guys tonight. Um, we're going to be talking about... A little game that we teased uh, last week called Wargroove by Chucklefish. The grooviest. The, it is the grooviest. Uh, and there is some news floating around with that regarding crossplay, uh, which we'll go into further once we touch on that. Uh, we'll go into some news, and then I, I tell you what, guys, 
Battle Royale is just blowing up. It's booming. Yeah. Guess why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we'll, it's uh, good to be back. We'll um we'll, we'll touch on that because not all battle royale has to deal with guns and shooty shooties. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, them shooty shooties those kids play. Shooty shooties. Uh. <laughs> All right, you know, I don't really have any kind of opening comments going in, into this episode. Hey! Andrew, I know you've been super busy working lately, um, taking care of uh, the crops and, and the real-life Stardew Valley. Uh, what what have you been into, like, other than, than um, uh, your job? I mean, is there anything in particular you've been playing lately? Is there any games that, you know... You've been keeping yourself busy with, or you've just been so busy with work? Oh, have I been playing uh, Super Smash Brothers? That would be okay. pretty much the extent of that as far as gaming okay. is concerned. <laughs> Who's your main? Ganondorf. Ooh. Okay. Oh. oh, man, that's a good one. Oh. So, listen, I, I play Ganondorf every once in a while, and I want to know, is it just me that feels as satisfied whenever you land your, your charged punch? No, it's, it's pretty freaking satisfying. It is. No, except it's he's a really he's definitely a timing character, but gosh, it seems like you only have to hit somebody about four or five times and they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Accurate. He he is a, a freaking powerhouse. And yeah, I don't know. If That's, I may if I may interject. Uh, no, don't. Oh, don't, don't make me use my powers. <laughs> I don't, man. I'm very limited on this episode. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, Ganondorf is great, but you know the real powerhouse of the entire Super Smash Brothers uh, universe as of right now, <clears throat> newcomer King K. Rule. Can we get a, a round of applause for King K. Rule? Yay, King K. Rule, the thick and boy himself. All, to all of the King Cruel mains who are out there right now, I applaud you for being so brave and so so passionate about playing a character who is just the worst <laughs> to be playing against. I go against my brother who mains Pichu, and I pound that mouse into the ground and then hit it into the air. It's so much fun, and he hates it when I play King K. Rule. I love Ganondorf, don't get me wrong, but like King K. Rule is on another level. All right, so so why is King K. Rool your favorite out of the new the roster? Let me tell you why. He slaps, he baps, he bops, <laughs> and most importantly, he thick. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. So his his forward his back air, well his forward air is great, but his back air is so satisfying. Like imagine a, a Mario or Doctor Mario forward air but reversed and much more satisfying to hit. And if okay. you miss, it doesn't even matter. You can just up B right back onto the stage. No problems. Oh my goodness. All right, so. His down smash, pretty or his good down sales so far, tilt, excuse lie. me, grounds the character. His grab and down throw grounds the character. And you can do anything you want at that point it's amazing he shoots so, the slowest moving projectile in the game and somehow people still end up getting hit by this guy all right okay. so are you the type of type of king k rule player that sits at the, the edge waits for people to jump back and just shoot your cannonball 
constantly. Not always. Like, I'll do that if I'm just screwing around with the person. But, like, if I'm, if I'm really trying to go for the ultimate KO, I would definitely go for the back air or the down air. The down yeah. air is really satisfying, too. Same with uh, Ganondorf's down air. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. So... Oh, I and know. might I always... Might, might, sorry. Might I also say that King K. Rule also has a counter, which is ridiculous because he's a heavy-type character. I think there's only one other heavy-type character that has a counter, and it's... Who is that? Uh, wait, who, I, wait, wait, wait. You, a counter? A counter, yeah. His down B is a counter. Who is that? Oh, man, I can't remember. Oh, uh, Little Mac, I suppose. He's kind of a heavy, a quick heavy, but... Ah, uh, shoot, who was that? I'm trying to think of the whole roster it's of like King characters. DDD, is it? No, well, King DDD... He, oh, don't even get me started on King DDD. But he his his neutral B sucks literally anything <laughs> and then throws it right back out at the oh, end, yeah. which is basically King K. Rule's down, uh, down B. So, yeah, all the, all the heavy characters I love playing. They're so much fun. Anyway, I didn't mean well, to detract from Andrew's tape. <laughs> uh, uh, on the flip side, I'm never going to play against you. No, that's fine. I don't blame you. <laughs> if I'm feeling, if I'm, oh no, Ike. Ike has a, Ike has a counter. Ike is not heavy though. Whoa, whoa. Heavy. Like he's he's about as heavy as Ganondorf is heavy. Ganondorf is heavier than Ike. Mm, respectfully disagree, sir. And I'm gonna Ganondorf keep remaining is, respectful is on not my own thick, podcast. And Ike is is mediocre thick. Yeah, but he when he hits, he hits, and it's so satisfying to have just your sword just your up air or your uh up shoot what's it called up smash excuse me up smash it's just so satisfying to Can't land make him disappear. Can't make him disappear. yeah so much fun character make him disappear make me wait what do you know oh. character make him disappear carrington, please, carrington, carrington is afk i believe he is currently oh wait no he's back <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Carrington, make him oh, disappear. Say, yeah, I like am giving my own opinion. You guys put this <laughs> what I was talking about. Bye. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So, guys, let's uh, let's get into our game review this week. <laughs> So, Chucklefish is this little-known developer dude. Um, he, I'm a Chucklefish. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this game has been released recently uh, over the last couple weeks, and this game is called Wargroove. Carrington, you've been raving and talking about it over the last year? Oh, boy. Oh dear! <laughs> so, oh boy! I, I don't know how to put into words right now. Like I have been demolishing this game right now, like trying to just eating every little bit that I can. Not just for okay. today's episode, just in life. Just in trying general. to enjoy it. You know, mm. this is the game that I mentioned in our little mini episode, Kyle. This is the game I've been waiting for since the last Advance Wars came out. And that's a while. That's that's okay. a while. That is. A freaking long time. So, Wargroove, yes, is a um, 
I guess you could, you could say, an uh, in style of old school RPG. Yes, yes, it's got a very uh, like sixteen bit style. tactic, like Final Fantasy Tactics or yeah. Advance Wars, if you will, art style to it, and it's uh, it's done very well. Um, so if you are a fan of Advance Wars or um, Fire Emblem, you know that's a series that's still ongoing. Thank you, Nintendo. At what? least you're supporting at least what? one turn-based strategy game. Anyway. Um, if, you're, if, you're, if you know those games or are familiar with those games in any way, shape, or form, um, that is what Wargroove looks like and feels like, and that's how it, it controls. It's, the controls are very simple. You know, you have your units. You press A to select a unit, at least on the Switch version. On other consoles, of course, that button might be a little different. Um, or whatever, just select your unit, you move them around strategically, um, and it's a war game, um, mostly, and it's set into a fantasy-like setting, so there's, you know, there's swordsmen, horsemen, uh, people with bows and arrows, there's dragons, uh, and of course, the true siege weapon of them all, the trebuchet, not the garbage catapult, but the trebuchet. (laughs) Oh, the tray bucket. Yeah, the tray bucket. <laughs> Making an appearance. <laughs> so, so those are the kind of units you're kind of working with on like advanced wars where it's more uh, modern uh, technology with tanks and infantrymen and stuff, stuff like that. These women, uh, War Groove has more units of, you know, swordsmen and things like that. So just to give you kind of a setting. Um, so something I recently found out in regards to the story. So the story is there's a an opposing nation, they come in and the nation that you play as, um, they kill the king. And so you play as the king's daughter, Mercia, and she has, she's trying to make sure she, um, not in the, she's not trying to act revenge, but stand up for her people and, right. and, you know, take, take a stand, take a stand and get rid of the bad guys, basically. But a whole bunch of stuff happens yeah. in between and all that, you know, there's a, a secret weapon that, the bad guys are after you know there's all kinds of different things i'm not i don't want to spoil the story because it's actually really good and i do want everyone to go out there and you know experience it for themselves but as i'm playing through this storyline it really reminded me of the first advanced wars a ton in a good way the story wise and i was like as i'm playing through this i'm like man this is just like advanced wars one the story because um you go through the land and in, through the various lands you face up against different factions you meet different people and characters and you know that you there's also even side missions you can do which are a lot of fun which i awesome. did those as well they they're, they're yeah. very well done it's cuz those are more objective based as opposed to the main story i found uh, 90% of the time it's destroy the enemy character or destroy the enemy or get to from point a to point b the there is one of the side missions you play as the dog cuz mercia has a dog and you're playing as him and you have to free all these people and, that, and that's your objective so there's the, the side missions have different objectives instead of just kill everybody or mm-hmm. you know some simple objectives which is really fun and neat to kind of change up the pace of the game um, one thing i found out recently which i mentioned uh within the story if you are, are a fan of starbound there is hmm. a race in starbound called the florins the florins are also in war groove and a character from starbound named nuru she's also in Groove, which I thought was pretty cool. Which I I I play Star or Starbound, but I haven't really like. I'm not into it like a bunch of my friends are, but I have played it, yeah. but not deeply or anything. So 
that little tidbit, I'm like, oh, look at that. They got a little universe going, which I thought was pretty cool. So with the initial announcement of Wargroove and now it officially being released, mm-hmm. I mean, did it live up to your expectations? That and then some. So I know I, okay. I've been like comparing it to Advance Wars a lot. But when you just look at the the art style and the animations, you can clearly see how it takes a lot of its inspiration from. But even though I'm comparing it to Advance Wars, it's not an Advance Wars clone, but rather more so of a spiritual successor kind of thing. Yeah. So there are a couple of formulas uh, within Wargroove that took me some getting used to, um, such as capturing buildings. Um, Uh So if you're a huge fan of Advance Wars, to capture a building, you have your unit. Uh, you put them on, it has to be an infantryman and they have to go on top of the building and they capture a building. It usually takes two turns if they're at full health kind of thing. In Wargroove, it's still infantrymen that can only capture buildings, but once you capture a building, it's yours, that, that first turn. But your, your buildings have a health and um, they can defend themselves and everything. So when you first capture a building, it starts at six health, I believe, and it goes up every turn. Uh, so that, that took some getting used to as well as healing units and reinforcing units. So to heal a unit, you have to pay money, and you have to go to a building that's yours and pay different money. And depending on the unit and how how much health they have will depend how much money it takes to heal that unit. Um, in Advance Wars, you would just have to go to your own building and just have a unit sit there, and they just pretty much heal themselves. And, you, and in Advance Wars, you could reinforce units. So let's say if you had two infantrymen, one was weak and one was at full power, you could mm-hmm. put the, the one that's full power, you could put him on the same spot as the weak one, and they could heal each other that way or reinforce each other. You can't do that in Wargroove at all. So like I said, there was just a, a few mechanics in Wargroove that just took getting used to, that I was just used to because I've played so much Advance Wars. Um, with my experience with Wargroove, you know, this game is a lot more challenging than I expected it to be. I mean, there there are certain missions that I had stayed on for a couple of days. Yeah. And I, I was too stubborn to lower the the difficulty on it. Yep, yep. Um, because I felt like that, you know, I, I should be able to play through that and be able to beat it, but... Uh, do you feel like the, the difficulty for the game itself, because you know, you're more experienced with those kind of tactical uh, strategy games than I am, do you feel like the difficulty on them is, is fair to the community? Like, Do you think people that really do get a hold of these games and they're, they're able to play them are able to uh, get through them, not with ease, but you know, with, with a f- fair amount of... Can't think of what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> how's this? How's this? For me, who has experience in a genre such as this, yes, um, I still had trouble with a few of the the difficult or with a few of the the campaign levels and stuff. There was mm-hmm. one that's an escort mission in Act Three, I believe. We have to take Mercia mm-hmm. and get her to Nuru. All the while, the enemy is just coming in waves constantly, and at that point in the game the game introduces flying units to you for the first time. Um, so that one took me a while. Uh, that, okay. uh, that was in Act 3. Um, so the difficulty, I still had difficulty in the campaign itself. Um, so it wasn't 
easy, but at the same time, I didn't think it was like super difficult where I wanted to throw because I got it on the Switch. I didn't feel mm-hmm. like I was going to throw my Switch, switch uh, across the room or anything like that. Okay. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> I just till tomorrow. <laughs> I just <laughs> well, I mean, the single player it was a lot of fun, and it, the story enough keeps you interested, and then the, the different mechanics it introduces all the mechanics at a decent pace so that way you're still used to things um it wasn't super tough but it wasn't super easy i i thought they they straddled that line pretty well okay so before we get into the next section of the game uh for you carrington was the game you know the single player campaign was it satisfying to you and was it challenging enough to um keep you satisfied Yes, for sure. And there's also, okay. in single player mode, there's also an arcade mode. And I can't think of the other mode right now. That's Survival. My head. Yeah, it's basically just Something. just take on waves of enemies. That's basically what it is. Okay. Um, All right. Those were fun, but I, I didn't really spend a whole bunch of time with them either. If, okay. it, once you finish the campaign, there is more for you to do within the single player stuff to keep you busy. And also, the campaign ends on a cliffhanger. What, what? So, sequel? Sequel. I hope yep. so. Gosh, I hope so. Uh, did any of you other guys have a chance to, to play the game at all or tinker around with it or even just look at it? That would be a negative Ghost Rider. <laughs> negative? Nope, have not had a chance. Okay. All right. Jordan. Okay, so I haven't played the game, but I do okay. have a couple of questions. Sure. Hold on, hold on. Bring them on. Oh. Are they all pertaining to single player? Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay, Bring right, it okay. On. well, okay. I'm, I'm pertaining to single player, but I'm referencing multiplayer games as a f- to form the question. Okay. So being, like, my, my preferred play style is instant and uh, more... Uh, faster paced because mm-hmm. you know I'm I have a very short attention span. Okay. So I've I've tried the JRPG play style. Like I've played some, I've played Pokemon and I've played a little bit of the older Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. And I just I can't find too much enjoyment out of them because they just take so long to perform the simplest tasks. What, in your opinion, is so appealing about these games? What what keeps you coming? What keeps you coming back to this style of gameplay? So. For some reason, I've just always been interested in strategy games in general, whether it be Civilization or even going all, you know, a classic, classic game such as chess. Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of reminds me on ch- uh, chess on steroids. Now, I will say this is um, a fairly slow-paced game, mm-hmm. but on the flip side, if you're used to Advance Wars, this is a much faster-paced game compared to Advance Wars or even Fire Emblem. Really? Wow. And my yeah yeah, War Groove is much faster paced in general. I mean, it's still not like you know your I don't know, Apex Legends is the new hot thing right now. So it's not your Apex Legends where you can just jump in. Sure. And, and you know it's not it's not because it's not that style. It's much different. You know what I mean? Right. right. Shot out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so comparatively speaking, it depends on Jordan. I don't know if you would like it or not, uh, but it is. I will say it is faster paced than your average. Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy or your JRPGs kind of thing. For sure. Your, your tactics. Yeah, when we, with, and, within and that not, genre, it is slightly faster paced than those. Right. And I'm, I'm not disparaging the genre. Right, like, right. You know, to each their own as far as their gameplay style goes. I was just curious as to why you enjoy them so much. I just love the... I just love some... Strategy. Strategy. I just love strategy in general. Yeah. yeah. And that's fair. Like, I, I don't... I'm not going to... 
uh, crush on you for that. Thank you. Or is that the, is that the correct phrase? I don't know. Whatever. You're talking about having let's, a crush on Carrington because let, he likes that. Let's, let's, <laughs> let, let's move on. <laughs> Next segment. <laughs> um, so I, we, we've touched a lot on the single-player aspect of the game. Now, what about the multiplayer? I know you and I have had a couple duels on there, and, mm-hmm. and I was very salty about the Dragons! Things. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, had to, I had to readjust myself. Oh, after that. <laughs> so I think the, I'm not the only one that, that felt that way during our gameplay either, just for the record. So multiplayer is exactly what I needed it to be to be enjoyable because I was just sitting down, and I was, you know, 12, 13 years old again, playing a game like this. I was like, oh my gosh, this reminds me of when Donovan and I used to play this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, every, and once you get used to the campaign and everything, it's literally the same game. You're just going up. It's just p- straight up PvP. And so um, it, you have your different maps um, that you can go in. There's different game modes. There's, um, there's, so there's, you can make your own campaign. Uh, skirmish missions. Uh, let me think. There, there, there's puzzles, and I can't remember the last category. Um, so there's different categories. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's just different categories you can work with um, that the game gives you that you can play with either random people or up to three of your friends. Um, and it works. It is a little. There's slight lag. There's a slight delay between that I noticed from the actions that you do or your opponents do and what's perceived. But it's since it's turn-based, it's not necessarily a huge deal um, because you're either doing actions or you're waiting on other players to do their actions. Hmm. Um, uh, and then the I think the big thing with the multiplayer content is that there's a bunch of user content out there or you can also create your own within those categories that I mentioned as well uh, so the community so on day one when the game first released there was literally just two pages worth of content um uh-huh. which i mean it wasn't a bad thing when the game was brand new at the time and then in just no, two no. days there was over 120 pages of maps oh, you could go through my yeah so the community is out there churning out content and it is there's a rating system as well so that way you know if if the community likes it or not yeah I mean, that would add to the longevity of the game. Oh, for sure. And the crazy thing is, people have already been super creative. Um, someone came up with a dog race you could do within the game. Uh, everyone has to pick um, each each race in the game or faction has their own dog unit, quote unquote. Um, so mm-hmm. you each pick a different faction and you race around a, a track, so to speak. Um, there's hide and go seek that someone made up. That was actually a lot of fun, fun to do. And there's also, you can... Create you literally. You can create your own campaigns, just like the campaign that uh, Chucklefish created. You can create your own campaign, share it with the world, mm-hmm. and people can uh, enjoy it as well. So there's even stories people are making up, and because it is an Advance Wars spiritual successor, that's what I'm going to call it. People are going through and recreating all the multiplayer maps from Advance Wars into this game. Ah, uh, that's pretty awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's very impressive. And I've I downloaded a few and played them, and I'm like, oh my gosh. With the exception of the units being, you know, basically fantasy style, like it's pretty much everything's dead on. There is some slight differences because of how 
war groove handles maps as opposed to advanced wars. So there are some small little differences because of that. But other than that, it is spot on. Interesting. <clears throat> now, with the online multiplayer, you know, being such a breakthrough for this game, um, I think when you and I played, you and I were on, on Nintendo Switch, we played mm-hmm. with uh, another friend that was on Xbox, which is huge. Yes. I mean, the the fact that crossplay compatible is is something that is um tagged on to this game i mean that that is a big thing um and before you go on cax i think i know you're going to go next okay. i just want to say this game is available mm-hmm. on the ps4 xbox one uh windows and nintendo switch now the interesting thing about this which wasn't announced if you buy it through the windows store it is part of the xbox play anywhere program so if you buy it through the windows store or the xbox store you will automatically own it on both pc and xbox one that's pretty cool that's a good deal yeah yeah it's really and it's only 20 bucks if you want to go out and pick it up so if you pick it up for 20 bucks on your pc which like i said it has to be through the windows store because that's the only way this works you automatically get it on your xbox one or just buy it on your xbox one you have it for both now, it is crossplay compatible, as Kyle was saying, except... You, you can go right into okay. it. Okay, yeah. so if you yeah. are on the Switch, Xbox One, or PC, it doesn't matter between those three systems, you can play with each other, and you can share maps with each other that way also. So if you are playing with someone on a different system, it does, there's a little icon, it'll tell you on what content that particular map had been created in, or... If you're playing with friends or with random people, it will tell you how they're playing uh, as well, which I thought was really neat. But notice I left out the PS4 out. So the PS4 version is not compatible with crossplay, which is very disappointing, which I will get into right now. So, <laughs> oh boy. Just, just let it all yeah, out. Just let Harrington. it out. Let, let it out learn from me. Gosh. Make the mistake. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> it came out recently. Wait, I wasn't expecting you to do it. Dude, I have to okay. now. Got it. All right, go ahead. So go ahead. <laughs> it came out recently. A lot of people were complaining. Yeah, I can't remember what company it was. Called out Sony. Hey, we're trying to make our game crossplay compatible, but you won't let us. And then another company came out saying, "Oh, we did it, no problem. All we have to do is ask our Sony rep. Maybe you, you guys should too." Then Chucklefish timed in saying, "Oh, we've done that," and we went. Up above uh, our Sony rep, we went to the higher-ups, and we still can't get our our game crossplay compatible. So what the heck? Like, there is just so much miscommunication on Sony's uh, point. Because Sony, all Sony said was, all the devs have to do is ask. And then that's it just blew up from there. And it's just a mass amount of confusion as to how in the world do we make our games crossplay compatible if we are on the PS4 trying to communicate with everybody else. And Chucklefish has said... All we have to do is flip a switch, and it works. So I really have no idea what Sony's problem is for allowing crossplay compatible at this point. And it really does remind me of the days when... So now, indie developers love Nintendo, but it wasn't always that way. Because you, no. would, you would get some indie developers saying, oh, our experience with the Nintendo as a brand new developer is super easy, and we just showed them our game, they loved it, it's, it's up and running. And then other developers would be like, oh, we've tried that with no luck. Um, but now, I mean, now Nintendo just will allow just anybody to make a game for a Switch. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, just just to show you that not every company is this way, but I do feel like in a way, there's something with Japanese companies that it's just can be really hard. They just have to learn and get out of some old way thinking. And Nintendo, they're not out of the woods yet because their online system still isn't up to modern setup. And I, 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 I do think chalk it up to them still being an old school style Japanese type company the way they run certain things. Which is no excuse, by the way. But Sony is also in that almost, I want to feel like mindset. Like, they just don't get it, in a way. No. If, if, I, does anyone else have anything to add about that? Like, like do you think so, I'm wrong, or do you think I'm right? The article I read was from Game Informer. Um, where where Chuckle Fish had mentioned that, you know, it's, you know, they weren't able to uh, you get that crossplay uh, format with with Wargroove. Um, the sentence that I I read out of that article that stood out to me the most was that um, someone had accused Sony of playing favorites with crossplay, not letting in other studios. So, is it a, is it something that like Sony's like, hey, we don't want you, you know, we don't want your game to be part of a crossplay situation here. Because it's it's it may not be popular like Fortnite or Rocket League. Like to me, is that something that Sony Sony is is? Uh, I might I, be able to answer that question. All right. So go ahead. it's and I like I'm not speaking out of any certainty at all. This is just on the stipulation. Just of, your unpopular opinion that right. Yeah. So, in my opinion, I believe that Sony is only allowing crossplay to games that are worth their time. I don't think they want Sony wants as a business, I don't think Sony wants to waste quote I'm and I'm just thinking that this is their mindset. I don't know if they want to waste their time with games that aren't going to make them a lot of money. Rocket League and Fortnite eventually became crossplay compatible because they can make them that can make them a lot of money. If they're just giving crossplay compatibility to all of these different games, they could be wasting server space or whatever their setup is on these games that very few people are playing. I could see that. Uh, the only thing I could think of, I mean, because like I said, for Chucklefish, they said all we have to do is flip a switch. It's not on Sony's end. So on that, yeah. on that, from their okay, perspective, it's like, what's what's the issue here? Because all we have to do is flip a switch and it works, right? And so, I if it's if they really don't have to do anything on their end, it's not extra work for them on their from their perspective. I, I just don't see what the issue would be because I remember back in the PS3, Xbox 360 days. Mm-hmm. Sony's terms of service allowed it to happen, and they be they were like, "Well, you know, you gotta talk to Microsoft because you know it's not up to us." And Microsoft was like, "No, no, we're we're good." But in this generation, <laughs> it's it's reversed, other way around. Yeah, right. And Xbox not only is Microsoft playing nice, but Nintendo's playing nice as well. And it seems like as if Microsoft and Nintendo are BFFs all of a sudden. Like we're oh, seeing, yeah, we're seeing Xbox exclusives or not exclusives, but Xbox Microsoft owned studios. Like Hellblade, Setsuno, 
was recently announced Spoiler for the Nintendo alert. Switch. I know. I, I have to put it out there, though. It's all right. You're fine. And then, like, Just what the heck? It. Because that's an indie developer that's owned by Microsoft, and now we're getting yeah. it on the Switch. So, like, Microsoft yeah. and Nintendo are now, like, all of a sudden they're BFFs. Like, what? when did this happen? But Sony's just, like, it's just bad PR for them all around. Yeah. And it's just really bad PR for them. And, and for the record, the fact that Sony and Microsoft are doing this together, it's just, they're not Sony. Um, Nintendo and Microsoft are doing this together. It's just like, it just, it, it makes me bubble with happiness. I agree. It's just, it's just a weird time to be a gamer. I mean, it's, it's a great time to be a gamer, but it's just kind of, yeah. it's weird to see like these companies play nice when you grew up seeing ads like, you know, Sega can where Nintendo don't, you know, that whole yeah. Sega campaign. Just everybody biting at each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just kind of, yeah. like, at the same time, it's like a healthy competition all of a sudden, <clears throat> which is nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. I but don't know, man. Going back to Wargroove, it works super easy crossplay compatible because, like, it, it once you generate a room for you and your friends... Um, a code, it worked. Yeah, you just there's a code that generates. You put it in, boom, you're in. Like, it was super we're easy. All in, played through a game, and it was like it was smooth. We didn't have any problems at all. It was honestly, it was it was an incredible and easy experience, and that's just yeah. it just worked. You know, I, yeah. it worked. <laughs> the the only thing I see like once you're done with the campaign, and it, like I said, there's two other game modes in single player. Once you get kind of tired of those, like my only issue is what kind of replayability it might have. Um, there's enough user-generated content to keep you busy. Uh, like, the campaigns are one-player only. Um, so it does solve that issue, but I would just wonder from Chucklefish's standpoint, like, what will they do? They do have some plans ahead, but it hasn't been really communicated. They just said, oh, this is what, what the next update will entail, but we don't know the whole entire roadmap, but what they have planned. But I do. Yeah. I am interested to see what Nintendo thinks of this, because it wasn't like this game just sold a few copies or anything. This this game has done really well so far. So, from Nintendo's perspective, will they look at Wargroove and be like, "Well, maybe it's time to bring Advance Wars back"? You know, mm-hmm. I, I hope so because I really love that series. Uh, but we'll see. Yep. All right, Karen. So this game has been out for a little for couple weeks now um this is obviously the game that you've been looking for for a long time um on the real dudes podcast scale here what what would you rate it for me personally i would give this a 9.0 out of 10 wow nine nice that's high praise yes yes um Yeah, there was just a couple mechanics that I do disagree with even uh, within the game that kind of knock it, knock it back a notch. Um, okay. I, I, so for, for the developers themselves, like, tell yeah. us, what, what would you... So there's one thing that I really enjoyed about Advance Wars um, was the Fog of War mechanic, which it is in Wargroove. Um, the only thing is, um, it's kind of weird how it works, though. Uh, it, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like, there was one where, Kyle, you and I and our friend were playing um, on the map that looks like the world. And there mm-hmm. was, quote, barbarians within the world. Somehow they were shooting me with a trebuchet when it doesn't have a huge vision. And I, mm-hmm. with, with my units with high vision, I had trouble trying to find it. 
And mm. I was just like, this doesn't make sense to me. How can they see me, but I can't see them? And how are they see attacking the me? Balance. Yeah, yeah. It just, I just did not make sense to me. Also, within Fog of War, um, in Advance Wars, if you went into the woods, your, your units were automatically hidden unless an enemy unit was literally right next to them. That was something I had to get used to in Wargroove only because that mechanic is not there. And I'm like, I wonder why that doesn't make sense because it just in – from the sense of if you're thinking, okay, if my units are in the woods, they would be harder to spot. That's not the case in Wargroove, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, it, and it didn't make sense mechanically almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of the, the C units, they didn't explain very well. Um, okay. that kind of mechanic it it's just it's just a weird transition to go from like yeah. battleships and stuff to sea turtles it's like i don't know which unit's supposed to be more powerful or weaker and the way these games work by the way just because a, a unit is more expensive does not mean it's more powerful so yeah. you just got to do your research and stuff so i'm still just trying to figure that out so for those reasons, it kind of knocks it back a bit, but at the same time, it's an excellent game that I would highly recommend to anyone who's a fan of strategic games, who's been looking for the next Advance Wars, which I have been looking for uh, for quite some time now. and um, With great online. Yes, the, online. Al- al- now, uh, the online works really well. 9.0, and I'm, I called it last year when I said Celeste was going to be my game of the year. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call it right now. And I'm going to say I think Wargroove will be my game of the year, even though it's super nice. early. Nice. So that's uh, Wargroove by Chucklefish. Uh, you can pick it up on any platform now. Yeah, so you really Xbox, have zero Switch. excuse to skip this game. Yeah. I mean, unless you don't enjoy JRPGs. Right. Right, right. Which, and, and it's not a, you know, it's not a uh, traditional JRPG, if I'm correct. It's, it's more that tactical advance like, uh, when I think of it, I think of Final Fantasy Tactics. Right, that's fair. Sorry, I probably yeah. shouldn't yeah. say anything. So, uh, can you make him disappear again, please? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Man, why am I no. getting bullied so much? <laughs> Just teasing. Um, but no, yeah, you're right. Uh, for, I, you know, for me, I think that if it fits into the criteria of, like, a uh, Age of Empires, I know it's not as... As a real-time strategy of Age of Empires or or um, StarCraft, it still kind of feels that void for me too. Interesting. I could you kind of maybe expand on that a little bit because I do love real-time strategy as well because it it scratches that itch of just strategic games, but it is a completely different genre as well. I just I I think that that it 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 um fits into the category of a real-time strategy because you've got to figure out as you're playing, you know, what units you need to deploy, how to maintain your resources as far as your gold goes, and then uh, where to um, uh, put your units on the battlefield. Because, you know, at the the core of the game, you're, you're fighting another faction, um, but at the same time, you're still trying to build up your army, mm-hmm. which kind of reminded me of Age of Empires when I played Age of Empires. So it felt like a hybrid between a tactics and a real-time strategy for me. And what would you rate this, just out of curiosity? Uh, I'm nowhere near as far as you are in the game, but with the the time that I had online, um, f- and for it you know, being a cheaper uh, game, you know, you're not paying 60 bucks for this game, 
uh, you're able to play with your friends and you're able to enjoy a complete campaign. Uh, for me, it would be an 8.5. Solid. Very solid. Oh, and if one thing I forgot to mention, which I haven't even tested out yet, it does have local uh, gameplay as well. So if you wanted to just yeah. do it locally, you could do yeah. that as well. Uh, and, and to be honest, um, it, and I know, uh, there's someone out there that would agree with me. It did bore, I, I got bored a little bit with it at some points <laughs> in the game. Should I, should I call uh, him in right now? <laughs> sure. And then we'll, uh, what's the timestamp on this? I don't even know. I don't know. I just timestamp it. Yeah. <clears throat> Holy he crap. Finagle some kind of okay. stuff. All yeah. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. It'll. Shoot. All right. All right. And uh, that is Wargroove for Nintendo Switch. Carrington, thank you for so much for checking that out and chatting with us about it. No problem. And before we go into our news, let's go ahead and take a quick break. I hope you enjoy these dudes. Dudettes. My name is Katie Cakes, and I am the host of Cake Bites, a podcast adventure through gaming history. I am just inviting you to come along with me on that journey while I interview people who have worked in and around the industry for the last 30 plus years to learn about their experiences and their perspectives to learn more about an industry that is continuously evolving. I hope you guys will join me every two weeks when I release a new episode of the show on all major podcasting platforms. You can learn more about the show at kickbites.com. If you like video games, debates, and silly banter, you'll love Gamerhead's podcast. Outside of your store, because I do feel like your store knows its identity. I do. I think that you guys know what um, you are. No? Not always. Really? It sells fidget spinners. Well, not anymore. I mean, for a yeah, while. But not I mean, anymore. Not, not you're experimenting not not with anymore. Our... That's what I'm saying, though. You were just experimenting. <laughs> Golf was made by a Japanese guy. Yeah. Yeah. Go Iwata. Yeah. Oh, the game. Yeah, not the sport. Yeah. Okay, I was like, huh. Well, speaking of Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) Follow Gamerheads on Podbean at gamerheadspodcast.podbean.com. All right, welcome back to Real Juice Podcast. Glad you guys listened to those ads. And uh, hopefully you can check out those other shows, support them. And, uh, you know, they're... They're good dudes and dudettes. Uh, before we get into our off-topic, let's go over some news here. Um, so, Hollow Knight. They were talking about releasing a um, DLC or add-on. Uh, but actually, surprising, Hollow Knight is releasing a sequel called Silk Song. Um, hmm. I have not got the release date for that. Uh, but... From the trailer, which you can check out on YouTube, uh, the game looks incredible. Beautiful. Uh, definitely, you know, falls up from the previous Hollow Knight game. Um, I, have you guys checked out the trailer for this sequel to the series? I have seen the trailer. I, But unfortunately for me, I have not played Hollow Knight. So, shame on me. Well, it's all right. That's all right. Um... It's it's awesome. 
incredible <laughs> that we're you know getting a sequel to the series. I know it is uh, very um, uh, popular among gamers, um, especially for the Switch because it is coming out on Switch first. So you know that is I don't know it's awesome. Glad that we got that announcement, Carrington. Yes, sir. <laughs> Uh, degrees of separation. You had received an email. I did, and so, um, it is a a co-op puzzle game. So get mm-hmm. ready to <laughs> snuggle up with a buddy. And so it's you can. I believe you can get it. We just got a review code, so we haven't yeah. dug deep into it yet. But they yep. were able. It's by Moondrop Studios. Again, it's called mm-hmm. Degrees of Separation. Came out Valentine's Day. Knock on wood. A.K.A. today of this recording. <laughs> so um, I don't have too much on it as of yet. Uh, it was nice to see uh, an indie developer being able to, you know, kind of be like, hey, here's, we asked for a code, or they did reach out to us, asked for a Switch and an Xbox version, but they gave us Xbox. Not complaining. At least we got one. Happy no. for it. Um. So I can't wait till at least one of us digs into it because it does look like a the art yeah. style looks really good and I'm interested to see how this works out. I think the 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 biggest thing that drew me to the game itself whenever you, you sent me a picture of you know the email, uh, so it it can be played co op, it can be played single, and the way that the game works in the puzzles is that there's two characters on the screen, a male and female that can um, manipulate the uh, like uh, the temperature of the map, yes. if that makes sense. Yes, so one character so, is basically your cold character. The other right. character is like your, your heat character. Right. So Hot. you got puzzles that involve water <laughs> um, that you need to get across to a certain area. One character can melt the water so you can swim. One character can freeze the water so you can get across. Uh, through by walking over, cool. over top of it. So, yeah, and, and the entire game is played that way, so you have a split between the two characters of um, either, you know, your warm weather or your cold weather, and I'd never heard of the game before, and when I saw the trailer, I was like, that was an immediate catch for me. Um, the fact that the game looks like it is a... Uh, there's a story behind it and it looks, you know, it it seems somewhat emotional. Uh, It definitely caught my attention. So um, I'm excited that we were able to get a chance to check this game out, get a review code for it. And I cannot wait to hear our impressions of it later on um, in the next couple episodes. Just really quick. It is available on Nintendo switch PS4, Xbox one and steam for $20 across all those platforms. The co-op right now is local only, but they are working on an online multiplayer update. Uh, so, w- date has not been go ahead. Uh, announced for that. So I'm thinking, like, how cool would that be? You know, with Journey or uh, Ashen, mm-hmm. but more recently, where you don't know who you're playing with. It's just you're there with another person. You don't know their gamer tag. You don't have any kind of verbal communication with them, but you're playing with them. For a puzzle game? Oh boy, I could be getting frustrated yeah. with that. But that I could see if it worked out like that, it could be fun as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely could could grab you in. Um, Undertale is a huge game uh, for a lot of people. Uh, as far as the indie community goes, 
except for Mike over at Controller Throwers. I know he <laughs> he thinks differently about this game. Uh, but so uh, there is a somewhat quote uh, quote unquote sequel that will be releasing on 28th of February on Nintendo Switch. First on Nintendo Switch called Delta Rune. And uh, it looks like it'll be an episodic uh, game that will be released in chapters. The first chapter is free, which is awesome. So if you liked Undertale, definitely check out this game. And uh, later, it'll later be coming out on PS4. And the next thing that I want to talk about, which I, I don't know if anyone else here tonight has ever played any of the Marvel Ultimate, Al- Ultimate Alliance games. Oh, way uh, back in the day. I saw the new one was coming on the Switch. That's exciting. Super exciting. Not yeah, just the awesome. Switch, but a Switch exclusive, my friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, personally, you know, thinking about Mar- Marvel Ultimate Alliance for me, that type of gameplay is just, is is so just gripping. Because yeah. at the time that that game came out, before that was like, uh, Champions of Norath for PlayStation 2 or Boulder's Gate Ultimate Alliance or not Ultimate Alliance, Boulder's Gate um, um, for the PS3. I can't remember what the, what the name of that was called. Uh, Dark Alliance. Uh, Top-down dungeon crawlers. You have characters of a certain class. You build their levels up and you get certain powers. You loot, 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 fight bosses and just uh, power through the game. Um have any of you played any of the Ultimate Alliance games or any kind of like dungeon crawlers like that throughout like early two thousands or so? That that might yeah. catch your attention, or was that just something that kind of passed, you know, that that passed by you without you even caring about it? You're about to say something, Donovan. Uh, that one, yeah, those those have passed by me. I never really okay. kind of did any of the dungeon crawlers. The early two thousands was where I got into. A lot of like uh, hyper realistic strategy games. Okay. Like Civ. I don't know. If that's because they're hyper realistic. Well, Donovan. I mean, we were fans of Fantasy Star Online, and that those kind well, yeah, of the dungeon crawlers, Online, kind of in a way. But not quite. Yeah. Though. Not quite. We weren't huge on dungeon crawlers growing up. I mean, there's a few that I do enjoy. But the Marvel Ultimate Alliance series is one we definitely missed out on, but I am definitely looking forward to mm-hmm. the third one. Well, I guess you could count Gauntlet, yeah, though, Gauntlet. as a dungeon yeah. crawler, See, I guess. Yeah, we're See, huge Gauntlet, Gauntlet fits fans. into that. Yeah, Gauntlet yeah. fits right yeah. into that, like, uh, uh, Dark Alliance or uh, Champions of North. Because, oh, man, if I wish that we could stream, like, a group of four of us playing uh, Champions of North. Because that game was way ahead of its time for PlayStation 2, and it was just so good, so good, that I kind of wish we could get a group together to play Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I think it's, I think it. we can make it happen, honestly. Like, I think we can make that happen. You know, we've been trying to do more stuff on the YouTube and Twitch scene, and I feel like that would be the perfect game to, like, get some content going for those things. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good stuff. The first two games were, were incredible. I do plan on getting Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, by the way. Just saying. All right. All right. So so Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 was mentioned throughout 
uh, well, it was mentioned a little while ago, but most recently on the Nintendo um, Direct that happened this past week. So, a couple other games that were mentioned on there that I'm excited for. Well, that that I find exciting in general. Mm-hmm. One being Unravel Two. Mm-hmm. I was ex- I was actually shocked by that announcement, honestly. Yeah. And then secondly, uh, Hellblade um, uh, Setsuna's Sacrifice is coming on on Nintendo Switch as well, which to me, the reason why that is um, shocking is because Ninja Theory was is part of Xbox. It's part of Microsoft now. Yeah, so the journey of Hellblade is actually quite interesting. It was a PS4 exclusive, and then it came to PC or Steam, and then Microsoft bought them out, so now it's available on Xbox. And now it's coming to Switch, so it has had quite the journey, right? Which started out as a PS4 exclusive, right? And, and that goes just that 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 backs the fact that like Microsoft and Sony are trying to you know progress further as partners, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, as opposed to competitors. And the other thing that's surprising about Hellblade is because it's so graphically intense, and I, I'm the trailer didn't look like the game took a huge hit, which shocked me. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as, you know, like between two companies that were once competitors, now they're coming together, joining forces. Like that is just, that. that's a huge announcement. Huge announcement. But not as big, to me, not as big as this announcement that I know that, that you can agree with. And I think <laughs> the majority of... Yeah. <laughs> not... <laughs> The majority of people that enjoy battle royales uh, together, Nintendo Switch included and released and exclusive Tetris, Tetris 99. <laughs> yes, Tetris Battle Royale, oh, baby. Let's geez. go. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was, oh my gosh, I, when I heard that announcement, I almost jumped out of my chair and started screaming because I'm like, this is what I've been waiting for. This is the Battle Royale experience I needed in my life. Mm-hmm. And even, like, Jordan can attest to this. I was playing it right what? before the show. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, you were. Sorry, okay, sorry, I got sidetracked by this whole, uh, so I look, uh, I'm not, okay, I'll, I'll explain myself in a little bit. You go ahead and talk about that. So the best way I can describe this, because, I have said this in the past. One of the reasons why I got a Switch in the first place, one was Zelda, of course, because it was a launch title, but was also Puyo Puyo Tetris, which was a launch title in Japan. I was very upset that we had to wait in America for Puyo Puyo Tetris. That was another reason why I got a Switch, because I love both of those games. You know, those, for those of you who don't know Puyo Puyo, it's the same as Tetris, only you're matching up colors, not trying to make lines. And also, the only race it has had in America was Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Back in the day. So with Tetris 99, it's you up against, you know, 98 other players, essentially. And there is some strategy involved. You can let the game know how you're going to play, you know, who you're going to attack, basically. And as you um, make the lines, you send those lines to other players. And it makes it harder for them to try and make their own lines. Um, and so when, of course, for those of you that know Tetris, of course, when you reach the top, you die and whatever place you play, whatever place you're put in, that's when, that's how you finish. Um, Uh so it's very exciting. Um, there's 
a lot of strategy involved because it could be there's some points where you're just being attacked and you might last a minute. But then there's other times where you, if you can get a little com- combo going, of course, you're, of course, you're just going to place higher. I mean, that's just how it's naturally going to go. But the thing with Tetris, though, which I find interesting even more, which allows for, you know, that that strategy that I love so much that everyone receives the same bricks in the same order. So it's what you can do with those bricks and how you can respond to those things. So it sounds like this might be your second game of the year, runner-up. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> once this came out yesterday i have yet to put it down i mean that's just how it is nice um that was definitely huge news for the nintendo direct that dropped the other day um i mean i was waiting for this once it was announced i was sitting there hitting refresh on the nintendo store waiting for it to pop up like that's how badly i was waiting to play it (laughs) And before we get like into our off topic, like I, I think that that opens up a gateway for other quote unquote battle royales for other genres of games that, that have not been touched yet. I agree. Uh, the, the, the gates have been opened. Yep. I also agree. Yep. <clears throat> um, by the way, so yeah, Tetris 99 published and made by Nintendo. Really? Incredible. Yeah. Interesting. It, it was made by one of their in-house studios. So, yeah. Hmm. It is a Nintendo game. Let's not push this off any further. I mean, so with the release of Tetris 99, I'm curious. Um, and I asked our community this um, earlier today. Uh, with the release of Tetris 99, what other genres could you guys see the Battle Royale game being released on, and how would you see that working? So I'm talking about other genres of games, um, whether it be uh, fighting, a puzzler, uh, RPG, or... Uh, 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 I don't know, just, I mean, any anything in general. What could you guys see? And, and what would you like to see um, have that that uh, Battle Royale mentality put into it? So I, as soon as you put this question out, Kyle, yeah. I had one in mind immediately, immediately. Okay. Hear me out, guys. Hearing. Overcooked Battle Royale. Boom. I thought did you seriously? Mm, <laughs> I, I really did. Wow. I, like that went into my head. Like, how would that work out? So, tell me how how would that work out for you? So, so for me, this is how cook... this is how it worked out. Like in my head, this is how I had it worked out. So you can either have, and it's it works perfectly too for you know single duos, you know squads, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so as you're working in the kitchen or whatever, I figure. Um, as you're fulfilling orders, maybe if you're fulfilling orders, you could send orders to other players because that's what everything is based off of. Um, if you can't fulfill so many orders in a particular amount of time, maybe in a way that the chefs would get overwhelmed and then ultimately that's how they would fail and get kicked out. Um, that, okay. That's how I thought about it because that was the only way it would work in my head of being too overwhelmed, having too many orders to fulfill and not fulfilling them. 
Um, but mm-hmm. as your team or yourself is fulfilling the orders, um, that would be your incentive to try and do your best and get things done as quickly as possible. Okay. Yeah, I had thought about the overcooked formula as well. I just didn't think of it to that detail. I thought, I mean, having a cooking game um, to where you could be competed against uh, hundreds of other players. Um, I don't know. It, it would be cool to see uh, Ghost Town Games to to do something with that and, mm-hmm. and make it somewhat competitive against other people online. I could totally see an overcooked working. I I don't know if my idea is what we like to call the right way, but I feel like it could work somehow. Something. Yeah, something. Uh, so uh, Mike from Controller Throwers uh, hit us up, and I thought this was a great idea as well. He had mentioned... Um, uh, uh, a 2D Mario Battle Royale. So, uh, his words, throw 100 Marios all racing you to the end of a level. To me, okay. to me, it sounded a little like chaotic at first, but then I thought it'd be really cool. Uh, you know, you have 100 Marios playing, levels stacked on top of each other, running to the end of a level. So, you're kind of racing each other Um uh, with your Mario at the forefront, and then you see all the other Marios behind you, and you're and, and you're, const- you're just racing to get to the level. Uh, I guess if you lost, you progress to the next level. And with the announcement of Mario Maker Two, I would think that'd be kind of cool to incorporate that into uh, into a mode, like uh, make it into a competitive mode. You create levels for people to play through, create levels for people to compete against each other in. And then uh, progress further into whatever level you make next. Okay, so I have initial thoughts about this, and okay. they're mostly mostly positive. Okay, <laughs> um, I I like the idea. I like the Mario idea. However, what you're describing to me right now is a race. The first person it's... to get to the end of the line wins. Right. So instead of it being like a race style thing, what if it goes into the style of Super Mario Run? And just whoever survives on the track the longest wins. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Make it like a long track. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a, have you played Super Mario Run on the iPhone? It's actually uh, not I've, bad. Yes, it's I have, terrible. but I have not bought it, so I haven't got super far. I bought it, and I, like I've played it a crap ton of it, and it's fun. And I've played, you know, one on ones with people, mm-hmm. but to uh, <laughs> incorporate a hundred different people into that kind of game mode would be. And at the same time, too, like with uh, Super Mario Run, you're playing against people's ghosts. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be impressive to see that kind of thing pulled off. But in my, in all honesty, I don't think Nintendo servers could handle it. No. <laughs> no. Uh, personally, for me, when I thought of like a battle royale game being brought out into a different platform of gaming, I thought of like a Forza Horizon. Oh. Uh, okay. And racing across the map. So checkpoint to checkpoint, every time you hit a checkpoint, a certain amount of people got, got kicked out. So if you weren't in the top, you start at 100 racers, 100, 100 people starting out. If you weren't in the top 90, you got the, the, those 10 got kicked out. Top 80, those people got kicked out. Top 70, so on, so on, so on, until you get to number one. You just race across the open world map. That's not bad. That would yeah, actually like work that. out. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. And... and, and you know, winner gets a exotic car or a ridiculous amount of money or something. 
Like that, I think that would, because Forza Horizon is incredible. Or um, I haven't played a Gran Turismo in a long time, but I think like for Gran Turismo games, like that that would be fun. Like that would push people to to want to play more racing games that you know are somewhat famous, but you know they don't hold those places on Twitch. Those places that like uh, people are constantly watching uh, on Twitch. I don't know. That was my thought. That could work. Uh, anyone else have any ideas before I throw out my, my second idea I had? Waiting for someone else before I interject. I know, Carrington, you had a second one, didn't you? I did. I did. So right. um, back in the day, what I thought was a really cool idea, I, I don't know if this would work, but this is the idea I had. Um, so Splinter Cell, Pandora Tomorrow, I thought the multiplayer in that game was amazing. If you could have almost an uneven number of people, it wouldn't be exactly um, uh, on teams, that is. Um, so maybe you had a certain, maybe a squad-based kind of thing, uh, spies versus guards, essentially. Uh, maybe a, a four spies against 60, or no, not even 60, maybe... 20, 30 different guards or something like that. All human-based, of course. I mean, they're all players. They're not, none of them are NPCs. And having those, that, that squad to try and, and take out, maybe it would work better in the Ghost Recon uh, setting of sorts. But it was just basically um, trying to have that feeling of a spy versus uh, soldier kind of thing uh, that I was thinking right. of. But it just, you know, maybe a small number of spies versus against a large number of guards trying to use their, their tools and their, their wits about them to try and win. Which leads me to think, why don't we get Bully out again by Rockstar and just do <laughs> a hide-and-seek, hunter-man hide-and-seek game. First person. Oh, my gosh. Not first person, but, like, one person is the seeker, 100 people hiding, and then as time goes on, once you find, once, like, the 100 people, you know, uh, I guess one person seeks... And then it goes, it keeps multiplying until you get to the last person that's hiding or adding up or whatever. I, I can't think of the exact. So hide and seek tag. Yeah, kind of. And then you're the last person hiding. If you're the last person hiding, you win. Or the last person to get tagged. Yes, that's true. All right. Jordan, you want to interject with something? Uh, yeah. And, you know, the more I think about my ideas, the more I realize they're not exactly battle royales, but I like these ideas anyway. So mm -hmm. the initial one comes from uh, PUBG-ish style. And like and when I think about it, I think of the PUBG style. PC building battle royale. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And this is more in the style of a race, I suppose, the more I think about it. But a bunch of people, like t 10, 20 people are released into a warehouse and there are computer parts scattered all over the place. And you have to find all the parts that you can that can make a decent PC. And at the end of like an hour mark, uh, each player is judged based on their PC build and their uh their how how well they can run the pc games and how well the pc runs like is if it crashes or something that effect. if i could add to the idea of it being more yes, maybe battle please. royale ish is if you have yes. the option to maybe uh 
punch a player or trip them up as they're racing to different <laughs> different things. You know, to, to just Mario to Kart add, style. Yeah, exactly. Screw them over. Exactly. Yeah. To add to Throw the, the craziness. Peel. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be down with that. And the other idea was just basically another cooking battle royale, which is similar concept. You find all the food that you can and you make a decent meal and then your food is judged at the end of the timer. It's kind of like chops. Yeah, chops. The greatest yeah. chef of them all. Not uh, Alton Brown. Uh, Huh? Gordon Ramsay. Oh no, sorry. He's yeah. Gordon, Gordon Ramsay. Ramsay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Did you say yeah. Alton Brown is also fantastic, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be great. I still think like a, a competitive overcooked like hundred man's like somehow figuring that out, or it doesn't have to be. Yeah, that's man, that's but, the best idea in yeah. my opinion that I've heard so far. I like the Forza Horizon too. Yeah. So there's uh, there there's possibilities for other genres of games donovan yeah, or then, andrew have I, any ideas about battle royale game you could think of i just wanted to stop really yeah i'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of the whole battle royale type oh boy thing. Here, it's like here but, comes the jordan of the but, group okay, so <laughs> i know right <laughs> I, I can i can understand what you're saying and it's, as it's like and somewhat agree with it i the only thing i'm thinking is like I feel like this type of game style is going to stick around for a while. Oh, it is. I, I can tell it is. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm more of a single player kind of guy anyway. So the whole battle royale doesn't appeal to me. And then when I just see game after game after game kind of following that style, I'm kind of thinking we need something a little bit different, which we are getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get me wrong. We are getting a lot of different types of games, but this one battle royale type genre is just taken over and I'm kind of tired of it. But I mean, I can hats off to the guys who can make it fun and uh who can get like millions upon millions of people to play it. I'm just not going to be one of them. <laughs> That's understandable. So what, if they, yeah. what if they came out with a battle royale version of like uh Breath um, of the Wild? No, 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 no. Oh. Um oh, what was that old old dogfight game on Xbox? He, uh, incredible airplane game. Oh, Ace uh, Combat Horizon? Ace no, Combat something? Mm. No, no, no. It was... Uh, give me a second here. It was an air. It was a dogfighting airplane game on Xbox. And Donovan, if you've never played this game, uh, <laughs> oh I'm going to literally crap my pants. Um, my computer's going crazy. Xbox, original... It's an oh, dog. you mean Crimson Skies? Like, Crimson, Crimson Skies, Crimson Skies. BR mode would actually work. Not gonna lie. I mean, did I you would... play Crimson Skies, Donovan? Yes. Okay, I did. Now, I would I like mean, a battle royale version of, you know, Crimson Skies. I would love to watch people play it though, but I wouldn't play it myself. Do you think that would give you too much too much anxiety, or just you just don't think it would just? Um be worth your time it, it wouldn't be worth my time because the kind of fly games i play i'm gonna start throwing out some names uh Uh-oh. is falcon 4.0 with the benchmark sims upgrade sky gamblers sky gamblers which is coming up <laughs> <laughs> i will see how that goes <laughs> um the il2 series all, just yeah all of them all the il2 series i've played and i've loved um the dcs series as well I have played and I have loved. So those are the kind of flight games I I kind of play. It's when you fly a mission and it says it's going to be, you know, four hours, you're flying four hours. And out of the four hours, 
maybe a half hour is going to be action kind of thing. So you're talking PUBG style. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to just trying to relate it to the people that might be listening. Yeah, I guess kind of like PUBG style. There's not there's not a lot of action, but when there's action, it's intense. Um, But yeah, those those fight games I stick around towards a finite amount of ammunition, shall we say? So it's also you have to think. Do you want to engage now and risk it? Do you want to run away and burn fuel? Uh, or, you know, do you just try to bait them into friendlies and hopefully friendlies are around? Or do you want to try to communicate that to command that there's, you know, enemy contacts and you can't take them out, but you need some help? Because uh, those are all the, th- that's the thought process you have. When you have a finite amount of ammunition, you have one life, uh, and you're already you know two hours into the mission, and you're not gonna mess it up right now, kind of thing. So, so. what if there was like a, a U-boat battle royale? Uh, battleship. <laughs> oh, yeah, battleship. Oh, battleship. Uh, I don't know. Probably not. No, because because uh, that could work if you think not. about it, though. I mean, it would be. You could that's have one of those games I would love to watch. Yeah. I would love to watch that. If you like could just, have a crew of people commanding a U-boat trying uh, to work in unison with each other up against, say, 40 other U-boats, that could work. Yeah, that would mm-hmm. be that would be intense, I will say. That would be intense. I would love to watch it. So you would watch like an eSports version of so it, that, but not necessarily that, a... Yeah. You won't necessarily play it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, I'm more of a single-player kind of guy. I like I like right. my own pace. I like setting the pace. So if I can't set my own pace in a in a multiplayer game, uh, then I'm I'm most likely out. <laughs> I will uh, say I was getting tired of the the battle royale thing as well until Apex Legends came out and uh, when Tetris was announced. Well, I, honestly, when Tetris was announced, I'm like, okay, if if Nintendo can do this with Tetris, what can other developers do? Because now it's right. in their court. Yeah, because so Tetris. I, mean, I I I would say I would probably play a battle royale style of tetris because that to me is very interesting because it's a new take on the genre so it's something different so i would love yeah. to play that uh i'll get stressed out very but original yeah i would love to play it <clears throat> yeah all right um, so um, go ahead go ahead go ahead andrew no i was saying i was trying to think of several different variations that could be fun um one was just kind of like you guys were kind of alluding to i don't know if it was specifically mentioned maybe i just missed it but like something like an ace combat battle royale where you Mm -hmm. just have like a bunch of fighters dropped into an area um or an rts battle royale basically like Mm -hmm. that you like launch one of your workers you know out of the ship or whatever and then basically you just land in this giant map and start gathering resources as quickly as possible um, I think that could be an interesting one, uh, or even possibly what? like a harvest moon to kind of take on it, like a resource management kind of Ooh. battle royale. I could see something like that. Like you get, I don't know, like obviously you get the same conditions, but say you get like X amount of like seeds to plant, you have ways to attack each other's farm or something, you know, last one stand or whoever like raises the best crops within a given time frame or the most or whatever is, you know, is the winner. Wow. I could see that That's working. True. And if you incorporated wow, yeah. Rune Factory, which is from the same de- uh, the same creator of Harvest Moon, the only difference is there's monsters involved that you have to tame and stuff with Rune Factory. I could see that working in there, too. 
Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool to watch. <laughs> well, I kind of honestly, Donovan, I kind of get where you're coming from. Like, I I'm, haven't actually played Apex Legends, but I'm thinking of trying that. So I guess I'll reserve total judgment until I maybe try that. But like in the instance of Fortnite, which is no doubt the, still the most famous one at this point, mm-hmm. um, it's really fun to watch. Not that fun to play, in my personal opinion. Um, so I can kind of see what you, what you're saying about that. How it's it's definitely here to stay. And I enjoy it in a certain fashion, but I don't know that they're necessarily my favorite types of game to play, like by any means. Yeah, and I mean Apex Legends, that did peak my interest a little bit. Uh, <laughs> just watching some gameplay, watching other people play it. Uh, I I do like what they're trying to do with it, though. Mm-hmm. I kind of do. Would I play it? Probably not. <laughs> I, I would watch people play it, though. That's like the game that's closest to a original style battle royale type thing that I would possibly play, but still most likely watch. And One just thing, question. take a quick look at this, the history of battle royale games, where we started and where we are now. So we started at Minecraft Hunger Games, which is the original battle royale game, essentially. Mm-hmm. Then there was... Mm-hmm. Arma 3. Was Arma 3. Ar- yeah, the Arma 3 uh, mod, essentially the, the quote-unquote Hunger Games mod from Arma 3 that was born. H1Z1, PUBG... Uh, Fortnite was next, Fortnite yeah, and, and Blackout, Call of Duty was next, and uh, Apex now Legends Apex. was next, and now we're at Tetris. Like that's basically <laughs> the journey we've had within. I mean, what? that's such a drop off. There are things in Tetris. Right. Yeah, yeah, those are like the what would you say, Jordan? Like the mainstream ones? Would you say? Yeah, those those are all the mainstream ones that got really popular. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair because you know Realm Royale is dead. And um, War Royale did uh, not have of, a chance. Like I, I, Ring of Asylum. I love Rob Royale though. Like I love what they did with it, but it didn't have a chance. No, it didn't. It's funny you think like it response was too like, to Fortnite. Hey, <laughs> we response like, hey, we got this really sweet uh, battle royale game that that is released. Uh, everyone is going to love it. Uh, Twitch, it's going to be huge on Twitch. Mixer. A week later, Tetris is like, hey. Hold my beer. <laughs> Hold on to your pants. Because we Tetris. got this sweet game. You know, I wonder... Tetris is the most popular game. How long with Respawn, um, ultimately, you know, with uh, Apex being uh, in the Titanfall universe, I wonder how long it's going to be till they introduce Titans, because you know if it continues to be successful, that's going to be an add-on. Well, that was an article that Game Informer releases, like the 12 things that they want to see um, brought into to Apex Legends. One of them was Titans. Um... And then another one was uh, uh, some more legends, and uh, you know they they could introduce a mode uh, separate from the traditional Apex Legends mode right. where it does incorporate Titans just for the for the heck of it, just because they want to have fun with that to to please the community, as you would say. Yeah, that'd be cool. I have to give my hat off to. PUBG in a way for introducing us to new maps because a lot of these battle mm-hmm. royale games it's just you you have the one map I mean Fortnite is literally the same map but I mean it has changed over time but you're still essentially playing the same map whereas PUBG you have like oh we have this original map that we have we have this desert area map that we have I think the whole mountainy snowy region is the most recent one that they have so you have different little literally different maps you could play on. And so I would like to see different maps in Apex Legends that could support Titans. Because uh, 
That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be amazing. Find yourself a Titan. Get going. (laughs) That would be awesome. And we all know. I do. If you have played the Titanfall series, Titans are not. You know, and they're not invincible by any no. stretch. No. no, and if you as a tiny soldier can take down a titan still, so it's not like the, the end all be all. If you end up getting in a titan in a battle royale game, well, I mean, honestly, yeah. the first Titanfall was solid, but I mean, I know you played the second one character as as I played it a lot, as you know, and that second one was so. I thought it was the multiplayer on it was basically perfect. I mean, that was. I don't think that game got as much love as it should have gotten, and just because based on the time when it came out, and I do think that the fact that it was kind of shallow, the first one kind of hurt it. But mm-hmm. if you had like a battle royale, like, and they, I mean, once again, they maybe have to slightly change the balancing on it or whatever. But if you could drop like eighty or a hundred titans into a huge map, like that would be insane. That would be insane. And just just a heads up though, too, because I mean, this are the makers. It's set in the Titanfall universe. Apex Legends is. Um, at the same time, uh, Titanfall two went on sale on PC and Xbox for four bucks, the like ultimate edition. So, and then I read an article where the sales of Titanfall two were enormous just because of the drop of eight, just because Apex Legends dropped and people were interested in it. And so hopefully it's enough for EA to go, you know what? Maybe there's something we can do more in this universe and pay attention to this thing that was released being Apex Microtransactions. Legends. I was just thinking on the lines of like what they could do with it as we were saying, like adding Titans, maybe different maps and things like that. Because from what I've heard uh, in interviews and things like that as of recently uh, within like you know IGN, Game Informer, Kotaku, all those different outlets – it sounded like EA did not want Apex Legends to come out. Like they almost didn't want it. And then Respawn had to go to them and say, We made this. It's done. Just release it. And then essentially they released it. Nice. I have a question. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So earlier when you guys were talking about other battle royale modes, I was kind of zoned out just a tad, I'm not gonna lie. But I did hear something about monsters. You guys were talking about monsters of some sort. Yeah, it was in yes, reference no. to the uh, harvest, possibly doing like a harvest moon style battle royale. And character was we talking about basically adding monsters into it as like an aspect to attack other people's uh, okay. setup. Or was that was that correct? Or am I miss thinking no, that's wrong? Correct. Okay, yeah, yes. that's correct. Okay, so and then this is okay. Then this is not me stealing your idea. This just came into my head. So battle royale with monster mutations, hmm. like a monster spore mutations kind of thing? in vials. I haven't played Spore, so I can't I can't confirm or deny that. Okay, but well, you're, you're you're a human being, and you find vials like Jekyll and Hyde style all over the map, and you drink the vials, and you like you you grow some sort of mutation, like a third arm, or a a a scorpion tail, or something to that effect. Cool original idea. Maybe I'll sell that to a, a company, and they'll make a battle royale game. Because <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows they need it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this guy came up with a battle royale game where you grow three arms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, that, yeah, I, cool. I definitely see that. It kind of reminds me of Evolve because Evolve. That's yeah, the game yeah. I was yeah. trying to think. Of. Yeah, I was thinking of that. Yeah. And that God, that was a dumpster fire. <laughs> oh, dude, but it was so good too. It was I, honestly, dude. Had, I don't know that you, I've ever had a game that I had higher expectations for that let me down harder. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just dropped me straight off a cliff. It Battlefront did. Two. It did. But 
with Oof, Evolve. Good, like, good second, but a, I'm still going with Evolve. If you had a legit squad that you could play with, it was still... It was still fun if you if you had a group of people to play with. If you're solo playing, it was. I well, would say it was dumpster fire. When that game, the ultimate edition was like I don't know, Kyle, what was it like twenty bucks or something when we picked it up? Yeah, that's when it was worth it. Yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, yeah. it's just like so buggy. Like I had a buddy that uh, when it first came out, like literally the day it came out, we were all like all set and we're like, let's get this game. It's gonna be awesome. We were kind of struggling to get into it, and he was just maybe starting to get a little further into it. And like, okay, maybe I'm gonna try to commit to this game. No lie. It like bugged and all of his progress just got wiped. And so he started back right the beginning. And he's like, dude, I'm done. He's like, I'm done. Like, and I'm like, oh man, it's cool now. And he's like, no, I'm out. And I like he, I went on like playing it myself for like another day or two. And I'm like, yep, this is dumb. I'm out. So that yeah, style could work too yeah. if you think about it. You know, if you had a finite number of monsters or the monsters or the humans outweighed the monsters kind of thing. So let's see. So so with Evolve, it was four to four to one. Yeah. So yeah. four against one big monster. So if you could do like, uh, was it eighty to twenty? Uh, was that right? I I believe I do like yeah. eighty little players against twenty monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I mean, I, okay, this is just I mean, literally pops into my head. I don't know if this is dumb, but what about something like Pacific Rim style, like Jaegers versus Kaiju, like something type thing? Yeah, Ooh, that would be that freaking would be cool. That'd be, oh, that'd be awesome. awesome. Which makes me think, why hasn't a game like that come out yet? Giant monsters yeah. and giant robots. Yep. Uh, if you guys have watched the latest season of Mr. Science Theater 3000, then you will oh, be able don't. to check oh, out Atlanta God. Oh, God. Atlanta Grimm is so good. It's a, oh, I don't think dumpster fire is even the word for that. Like That's like a dumpster file in a, like, a chemical waste pit inside a radioactive oh, zone. It's so bad. It's so it's good. It's so bad. I'm glad that you watched it oh. because I watched it what like a couple weeks ago and it is oh it's it, yeah it's oh I have no words. It's, I'm done. Me neither. Me. I think either. that's a, I think that's an episode, guys. I think Kyle just killed it. Yep. All right, let's go. Uh, Carrington, you want to close this up for this episode? <laughs> sure. So, just a heads up, guys. We have a nice, fantastic store for you to get. Uh, awesome merch and t-shirts that we have at realdudespodcast.com slash store. Uh, we have fantastic affiliates you guys can go to. Uh, we still work with Green Man Gaming, Razor, and Studio, the headphone company. You can hit us up uh, or hit them up and support the show. Support those companies at realdudespodcast.com slash affiliates. Uh, we have a Patreon set up, which we have some things. If I correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, we'll be setting some probably new things up here soon. Yeah. Uh, so keep an eye out. Uh, so it's a fantastic way to support the show. Um, we have uh, some a fantastic review uh, that Donovan and I will be reviewing here soon. Uh, Skyburners on the Switch uh, being quote unquote airheads if you will you know huge aviation fans <laughs> so <laughs> i shouldn't go there right now but yes those guy gamblers those guy gamblers what are we gonna so do we will see what happens in the next episode so stay tuned don't forget uh we have a great fantastic youtube channel that uh i've been making videos on and donovan you might be making a few here soon correct me if i'm wrong yes in so, the process of trying to get some together, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool, awesome. So we've got some basically just vlogs set up that we just kind of freeform out. So check us up at Real Dudes. We don't have a custom URL yet, so just search for us, Real Dudes Podcast, on the good old YouTubes. Uh, 
don't forget, you can also listen to us uh, anywhere you want to on d- various different podcasting apps. Um, and don't forget our social media stuff. Facebook, Instagram, both Real Dudes Podcast. Twitter, Real Dudes underscore pod. Email us your fan stuff at podcast at po- realdudespodcast.com. We love hearing from you guys. We honestly do. And we incorporate it into the show. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.